This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. It is the Subway to Shea podcast. Anthony Rivera here with you talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. Episode 107 from the Subway to Shea studios in my office. Huge thank you to my guest last week, John Struble, the creator of Mets Rewind. It was great talking about the 2023 Mets Hall of Fame with him and about his great content that he has. So make sure you listen to and uh, subscribe to all his channels for Mets Rewind. We'll definitely have him on again at some point, especially with all of the history that the Mets have going on. So we'll definitely get Get in touch with him soon. Have you been catching me on New York Post SNY Sports Shorts lately with Dexter Henry? Was on twice this past weekend for the Pirates series. I hope you're enjoying those little shorts that I've been a part of. Huge thank you to Dexter Henry for having me be a part of it. The Mets. Let's get into it. You know, it feels like the Mets are in a free fall at the moment. They had a one in five road trip before they won on Saturday. They lost seven in a row, two and eight to start the month of June. And at a time I've said repeatedly that they need to at least be at 500 by the end of the month, given their start to the season and given the tough schedule of June. It's a very tough schedule this month. I've talked about it. I have the schedule right here. Yankees coming up. We've got the Cardinals who are always tough against us. Houston kind of, you know, manhandles us kind of like Atlanta does. They go to Philly, which is never easy. And then Milwaukee comes for a four game set and Milwaukee swept us at the beginning of the season. So the Mets got to try to find a way to somehow get to 500 and the end of June. You know, getting swept by the Braves brought back some PTSD from the end of last season. But this series might have been even worse because they led by three runs in the first two games, blew it, led by multiple times in game three, scoring 10 runs total, and they blew that as well. You can't be blowing these games, especially when the offense, which, you know, has not been consistent, uh, has a hard time scoring runs. They give you 10 runs. You got to win those games. And I think they've scored 10 runs twice and lost both of those games. So uh, frustrating to see with this team. They lost two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, pitching was way better, right? In the last two games of the series, you have Kodai Sanga. Uh, seven innings pitch, two hits, one run, zero earned runs, four walks, six strikeouts. He pitched very well, got the win for the Mets and much needed, but he has to be consistent. We need something like this from him each and every start from him. And, uh, you know, Cookie Carrasco, four and two thirds innings pitch, not what you want, but, you know, he only held the Pirates to two runs. The bullpen pitched very well. They just couldn't score, right? So we're talking about consistency. We're talking about balance. And the Mets haven't been doing those things. They haven't been balanced with the offense. They haven't been balanced with the pitching staff. When they pitch well, they can't hit. When they hit, 
they can't pitch. So it's been such a struggle. And, you know, actually the Sunday game was the least of the worry for me that they lost because Mitch Keller is a legit pitcher. Very good pitcher. I have him on my fantasy team. He's a very good pitcher. And the Mets should, you know, they shouldn't be too upset. Obviously, you know, it's another loss and they're kind of giving themselves least amount of wiggle room. But what can you do, right? They, they're, like I said, it's kind of, they're in free fall right now. There's no consistency, no balance. There seems to be some sort of lack of urgency from this team, and they're leaving themselves no wiggle room as they try to, at the very least, get a wild card spot. So, you know, they repeat what I said earlier. They need to finish at 500 at the very least. I want them to do better, but trying to be realistic, if they could get to 500 by the end of June, you know, then they could probably do a little bit of a takeoff. Pete will probably be back by then. They're going to have to do it without Pete for the next three to four weeks because Pete Alonso got hit in the wrist in Atlanta, bone bruise, left wrist sprain, and man, the Mets are limping back home right into the Subway Series. And speaking of the Subway Series, we're going to do a little bit of a preview right now with my guest today. He's a huge Yankees fan, and we talked in the past when I joined his program, the Respect and Praise Show, which you can catch on YouTube. Uh, Miguel Mike Medina joins the Subway to Shape podcast now, and Miguel is a jack-of-all-trade. On top of the Respect and Praise Show, he hosts the Baseball Heat podcast, Sports News Flash at 12, and he's a contributor at Fansided, just like myself, for Jay's Journal which we're going to have to get into and discuss considering, you know, he's a Yankees fan. So Miguel, I'm going to add you in here, my friend. How are you doing? And um, how's everything going? It's been a while, man. Hey, Anthony. Everything is going well. Thank you for having me. All right, man. So we're going to get into the Subway Series. We had talked about this on your show, how big of fans we were. I, me being a Met fan, you being a Yankee fan. So I thought... Let's get you on, get your thoughts on the, you know, series coming up. Both of these teams limping into the series. Now, I mentioned it earlier. The Mets are one in five over the last week. Uh, the Yankees, you know, they didn't fare better either. Last week, going two and four against the Chicago White Sox and the Boston Red Sox. Both teams limping into this series. Both are nine and a half games back. Yankees in third at 38 and 29. They're just really in a tough division with Baltimore, with the Blue Jays, and uh, with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. The Mets are in fourth right now, but also nine and a half games back, 31 and 35. They got to turn that around. You know, I talked about the Mets struggles. What do you think has been the issue with the Yankees recently and most of this season? The issue with the Yankees is that this is, first of all, this is a team that is not a title contending team. You mean to tell me that you got to rely on one guy to produce results on offense? That's not going to get the job done, especially when you're going to go up against a team like the Houston Astros who I still believe is the team to be in the American League. Even though they're in second place on Texas, have surprised so many people. But we got to remind ourselves that it's 162 games in the baseball season. So anything can happen. Any, any team can get hot, especially in the second half of the season. But it's just that the Yankees, um, they continue to lack on play discipline. Play discipline and durability. That's their biggest Achilles heel. Yeah, and you mentioned the their big bopper and they're really their best hitter on the team, Aaron Judge. 
batting 291 this season before he landed on the IL. 19 home runs, 40 RBIs, has a 404 on base percentage, 674 slugging percentage, and a 1.078 OPS. You look at the other side of Queens, the other big bopper, Pete Alonso, who's also on the IL I mentioned earlier. He's batting 231, not up there with batting average, but 22 home runs, 49 RBIs, 326 on base percentage, 546 slugging, and an 872 OPS. Having these guys not on their respective teams, it seems like it's going to be a, a struggle here offensively for both sides. You know, how much of a hit does this series take with both Alonzo and Judge being on the injured list? It's a lot. I mean, I'm a guy that I like to see both teams, especially their best players on full strength. So the fact that Judge goes down, and Judge is no stranger when it comes to injuries, that's why I was one of those few Yankee fans that was against of giving him that kind of a contract. But I wasn't surprised. Look at the kind of season he had last year. But my thing with Judge is that his durability, due to his size, his durability, and also he's a strikeout machine, especially in the postseason. So I'm not one of these diehard Yankee fans that I'm just going to look at one thing. I'm going to look at everything so and be unbiased about it. So the fact that you don't have Judge and you don't have Alonso, who I like a lot. I like Pete Alonso a lot. Yes, you know, it's a rivalry Yankees and Mets, but I don't despise the Mets the way I despise the Red Sox. And I, when I say despise, I mean in a healthy way, competitive way. So, but I like Pete Alonso. His story is amazing. Aaron Judge's um, story is amazing. So the fact that we don't have those two guys and both of those guys, they lead their teams in home runs and RBIs, it just sucks. It takes out the, the excitement of this particular two-game series. But hopefully next month in the Bronx will be much better. Yeah. You know, Aaron Judge is that superstar player across all of Major League Baseball. Pete Alonso working his way to that, uh, having them not in this series, which, you know, right now, obviously, Yankees have a better record than the Mets do, but both are kind of middling in the middle of the pack in their divisions. Kind of like takes away from, you know, what we've seen that Subway Series could be. Um, it sucks that the injury to uh, Aaron Judge was kind of a, you know, freak accident in the outfield with the way the Dodgers outfield is all set up. But uh, yeah, not having either of these guys a part of this series, I wouldn't be surprised. And we're going to get into the pitching matchups in just a few moments. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a low scoring series, you know, 2 1, 1 nothing you know, maybe nothing more than, you know, two or three runs per team uh, coming. So, you know, you look at the pitching matchup Tuesday, I'll be at that game. Uh, Luis Severino, he's 0-1 with a 5.75 ERA, but versus the Mets, he's 2-2 with a 2.75 ERA. And then you have Max Scherzer, 5-2 with a 3.71 ERA. He had a good game against the Yankees, and then he had an okay game in the Bronx. So, you know, hopefully he does well again this series Wednesday. Is the big one. Garrett Cole, seven and one with a 2.84 ERA versus Justin Verlander, who is two and three, 4.85 ERA. He hasn't really taken off with the Mets just yet, but against the Yankees, nine and seven with a 3.44 ERA. Has a chance to be a good series still with the pitching matchups. They don't have Judge, they don't have Alonzo, but you still got some stars a part of this team, especially in the pitching. I'm looking for a sweep on my end, considering you know who is on the mound for the Mets. They desperately need to win these two games 
games and make a statement, definitely Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander need to make a statement. What are you looking for from Luis Severino and Garrett Cole and, and what the Yankees can do in this series? Well, guys like Severino and Garrett Cole, they just got to set the tone early. That's the best way I could put it. They got to set the tone early in the game, um, especially Severino. Severino is one of those guys that Again, I expected more from him. Like guys like myself, I was hoping um, and praying that he would be like the second coming of Pedro Martinez for the Yankees. Not to be like that dominant pitcher, but close to it. But he's again one of those guys that have dealt with injuries. Um, but the pitching matchup is exciting. But I feel I feel that the Mets have the upper hand with Max Scherzer and. Justin Verlander, who, who I feel like he always had a success, especially in the postseason against the Yankees. Um, with their track record, I can never go against them. These two are two of the greatest pitchers that I've ever seen in my 20-plus years watching baseball. So I feel that from a pitching standpoint, um, I give the edge to the Mets. The hitting, um, 51 to 49%, I'll give it to the Mets, even though both teams are struggling offensively. It's just, but again, the Yankees have shown me that they rely too much on Aaron Judge when he's on the lineup. So I feel because it's City Field and because you have those two pitchers there, I feel that in this series, the Mets have the upper hand. Well, let's go into the offense real quick. You mentioned the whole thing of just being Judge as the the whole offense. Now, you know, with both of these guys out, you look at, uh, you know, Alonzo and you look at the power that these two team, these two guys provide. With Alonzo out, uh, I'm counting on, you know, the power of the two Franciscos, Lindor, Alvarez, both have 12 home runs and they have been, you know, providing most of the power outside of that. I think Tommy Pham is the next in line with six home runs. So it's a pretty decent uh, a gap there between uh, the rest of the players on the team and those two. You look at the Yankees, right? Outside of Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Glaber Torres are the power source, right? 11 home runs each. Uh, is there any other player that can help power this team offensively without Judge? Maybe uh, a John Carlos Stanton who's coming back from you know the IL. He's been back for a couple of games now. Uh, Anthony Volpe, is there someone else that you feel can really ignite this offense and help them win this series against the Mets? For this series, I'll say DJ LeMayo. DJ LeMayo, um, I feel that he could be one. Anthony Rizzo, I've always liked Anthony Rizzo. Clearly, he's been on a slump lately, standing as well. Um, Anthony Rizzo, this is not 2016 Anthony Rizzo. We're seeing, you know, the um, his, because the reality is he's 33, 34 years old. So the Yankees don't have that 2016 Anthony Rizzo. Yes, he can still perform, but he's not that kind of caliber player anymore. But I do feel that he's a good fit for the Yankees um, in terms of what he brings to the table, not just um, offensively, but also um, his leadership as well. So I feel that the X factor in this series will be, um, that should be, is DJ LeMail. Um I don't go to ham when it comes to rookies, but hey, I like Anthony Volpe. I, I like what I'm seeing. Like, yes, um, he tends to strike out here and there, but... I do like his confidence, so I feel that he could be the second player that could re that could ignite this offense and, you know, keep the the lines going for the Yankees. Yeah, it's possible in his rookie season. He's very aggressive. He may be able to take advantage 
of a Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander early in the game who don't really know too much about him, haven't pitched to him at all. So he could be an X factor as well. So I like like the, the players that you mentioned, DJ LeMahieu, you know, he, he gets tend to be lost and forgotten with the rest of the lineups that's out there. But when uh, LeMahieu is on his game, uh, he's a really good player. So, you know, good, good uh, call on uh, DJ LeMahieu. You know, one area where I think the Yankees are way better off than the Mets right now. Definitely the bullpen. The Mets have struggled uh, to find consistency. Obviously, the fact that the starting pitchers can't get past, you know, three, four, five innings on a consistent basis, it's just, you know, frustrating to see a team, you know, that has the names that they do in the rotation and they're having a hard time getting a full game out of them. and, and the bullpen is uh, absolutely tired and spent. The only one that I have faith in right now is David Robertson, former Yankee himself. Um, how are you feeling about, you know, the Yankees bullpen? And do you have confidence in certain people? Because for me, you know, like I said, it, it's really just David Robertson right now. You know, Brooks Raley has turned it on from the left-handed side, but Ottavino is not having the season that he had last year. Drew Smith hasn't taken off like he was thought to have and you know the rest of of the bullpen is a lot of you know mop-up guys and guys that probably really shouldn't be on this team um outside of uh steven negosic so how are your thoughts and feelings on what you've seen from the yankee bullpen and and do you feel like they have an upper uh advantage going into this series against the mets i think so i think so i just feel that you don't want to rely too much on their bullpen I'll say put enough runs. That's the best way I could put it. Put enough runs. Um, I feel that the Yankees are due to explode offensively. So I feel that if you can score more than five runs, I think they'll be okay from a bullpen standpoint. But I do like um, the Yankees' bullpens um, in this particular series. But like I said, they just got to put in runs. They had to. And I feel that if there's a series that they should do it, it should do it on this one because it's against your rivals. So when it comes to your rivals, you want to bring your A game. Yeah, and especially, you know, the Mets bullpen has been pretty much non-existent over the last, what, 10 days? They, I, I have a stat here if I bring it up here. Let me see. Uh, last 10 days, 2-8. and eight. And the entire pitching staff, a 5.09 ERA. That's not good. That's not good. And if the Yankees can take advantage of it, you know, kudos to them. But, um, you know, once again, I'm here with Miguel Mike Medina. He hosts the Respect and Praise Show, Baseball Heat Podcast, Sports News Flash at 12. And he is a contributor at Fansided for Jay's Journal. Before we get back into the Yankees, how did you end up writing for their division rival Blue Jays? Um, I'm glad you bring that up because I want to fill you in with something. Um, I no longer work for Jay's Journal. Um, it's funny, fan. When I think of fan sided, yes, the major I can say that the majority of writers um, they write for their favorite teams. But me personally, I just want the experience. I don't care um, who I write for. So um, I started with um, the Blue Jays, which was a cool experience. But now I work for um, Saturday Blitz, which is mostly um, focusing on USC Trojans, um, college football and college basketball. But my experience a year and three, four months with Jay's Journal, it was fun. I got to network with people and just, you know, write up different stories of prospects, um, any news and updates about the Toronto Blue Jays. It was exciting. At times it will get awkward because especially when it comes to the Yankees and Blue Jays on um, debate and I can be a homer because, you know, <laughs> I'm writing for a Jays journal. So 
and I'm going through that with another company as well. So I don't think, yeah, none of them know that. Um, none of them know that I'm a Yankee fan. So they probably might know after this. Yeah, they'll um, know now after so, yeah, hearing but, this podcast. They're gonna know now. Yeah, but they probably will think like, man, he hide it pretty good. But again, um, I like th- like there's certain teams that I like to write about, like the Blue Jays. Um, even though we're the, they're our rivals, but I really like and respect that team. I like their chemistry, their togetherness. Yeah, they got a good um, group. They got a good core there. Yeah, and you know, fan side is great because at least you know if, if you show that you can write and also send a good proposal, you know, you can write anywhere. So like, I would like to write for other teams like the Miami Hurricanes. I'm a Miami Hurricane fan, so someday maybe I'll write. I'll join them. But in the meantime, my hands are full, as you can see. So You're busy, man. Think, Jack of all trades over here. Yeah, man. Um, just like you, you know, we both are doing a lot, but this is what it's all about collaborating and you know wake up to do what you love well yeah and especially if you've listened to this podcast and i've repeated it multiple times with other guests i love collaborating i you know i love even if we're covering the same team i've had a lot of mets content creators come on here Uh, you know it's it's not something where you know we're going up against each other it's more of like a family thing and it continues to grow even outside of the mets realm like how we're having, you know, I have you on today. We're adding to the Yankee part of that as well every season. So, you know, it's always great to collaborate. It's a lot of fun for me. I know it's a lot of fun for you. And, you know, when we talk on your show, uh, we discussed how we became baseball fans, you know, of the teams are kind of right around the same time. 98 for me, 99 for you. I know it's felt different for me, uh, but how different was it for you growing up and watching the Subway series? It's a lot different than it is now. It, it, it felt more, I'm trying to think of the word, the word, but it just felt like it was at another level. And, you know, there was a lot more excitement to the series than there is now, maybe because it's, they, they're doing it every year. But, you know, when we were starting to grow up, there was one series a year, right? You'd have it either at Yankee Stadium or you would have it at um, Shea Stadium. And then they started doing, you know, both going to both stadiums around, I think, 99. Uh, but the teams were good, right? Every time, every year that the teams are good, 98, 99, 2000, those were good series, 2001. Uh, all the way up to 2006, where both teams were at top of the division. Uh, even last year, uh, last year and 2021, when they did the uh, the 20th anniversary of 9/11, those were big series for these uh, teams. I, I don't think I've ever felt it so electric since that series in 2021, uh, when they did the um, you know the uh, remembrance of 9/11 and had that series wrapped around there at City Field. Uh, how different was it for you growing up watching the Subway Series? Oh my goodness, Anthony. You nailed it. You nailed it. I mean, when I think about especially the year 2000, man, pre-social media, mm-hmm. um, the innocence, just the age of innocence of watching my first full season, watching baseball, because I started watching in 99, but it was during the postseason. So, but 2000, man, watching those battles, you know, Roger Clemens, Mike Piazza, um, Todd Zeal, I mean, the core four. I mean that that he, it was an amazing time, man. Amazing could you imagine? Time. Can you imagine the? I uh, don't mean to interrupt you, but could you imagine uh, social media during that 2000 run, that that Subway World Series run? Could you imagine like how this would all be different? It would have been totally different, but I am very happy that guys like us we didn't grow up in social media. 
we didn't grow up with our hands on our phones. We were mostly just stuck to the TV. And if you missed it, you missed it. So you had to be there to see it. And although I, unfortunately, I never had a chance to go to Shea, to go to the old Yankee Stadium, I passed by it, but never got to see a game in it. But man, when I watched those games, whether it was on Fox, on ESPN, it, it was just something magical. And then I feel that 2000, 2006, and even last year, I feel like last year was the most excited that I've ever felt in a Subway Series since 2000. Because although 2006 was good, both teams were in first place, but this era of, I feel like the era of Aaron Judge and Pete Alonso, both teams, you know, just being competitive the way they were last year, it brought a lot of excitement. So, and I like Judge as the leader for the Yankees. I like Pete Alonso. I like Peter Alon Pete Alonso more as the leader for the Mets than Aaron Judge for the Yankees. I feel because me and Pete Alonso, um, we connect in certain ways because if you know his story, he's dealt with bullying. I've dealt with bullying myself, but not to the level that P. Alonzo has gone through. So I just feel like having a chip on the show and stuff like that, um, I can relate to him. Yeah, you mentioned watching those Fox games. I always remember, you know, Friday night would be the station for the teams. It would either be, and it wasn't Yes Network SNY. It was like Channel 11 and Fox 5 at the time. And then they would do the Fox game of the week. You remember watching, you know, This Week in Baseball right before that would get started. And then Sunday night would be, it always feel like it would be the rubber match, right? They would both win one game. And then the Sunday game would be which team would take the series. And those would always be on ESPN, John Miller and Joe Morgan. A lot of fun times what are some of your top moments in subway series history it doesn't even have to be you know a yankees win obviously the subway world series is a top moment um two moments for me uh 99 there was a game where you know it was like back and forth yankees were hitting home runs piazza hit a home run out of the stadium and then somehow you know it got to the bases loaded and matt franco came up to bat and got that big hit off of mariano rivera who for the longest time was absolutely untouchable and, you know, then in 2006, for me personally, I had went to a Sunday night game and, you know, Carlos Delgado hit a big home run. David Wright hit one uh, back to back and the Mets won that game. But there, there's been a lot of good games. What are some moments in Subway Series history that you've enjoyed? To be honest with you, Matt Franco and Game 5 of the World Series. 2000. Yeah, that was a that was a huge game. Game five, uh, Al Leiter pitched, I think. Uh, he pitched actually the entire game for the Mets. And Luis Soho came up with that big hit, uh, got them the lead. A lot of drama in the bottom of the ninth with Mo versus Piazza. Yankees ended up winning that World Series. And we haven't seen a Subway Series since. Everyone keeps talking about it every time these two teams are in first place. Every time I hear it. Say someone say, hey, this is we, we might be in line for a subway series. I'm like, yeah, it's never gonna happen because you keep talking about it. Anytime they talk about it before we get close to the playoffs or anything, it just never happens. Anything can happen in baseball, injuries like we're seeing this season, uh, the way that the teams are playing. So, you know, I, I try not to get too mixed up on it. It's very spontaneous. It has to happen. 2000 happened spontaneously, right? The Yankees were going for the three P. The Mets kind of weren't really supposed to, you know, win the World Series. It probably would have been the Braves if they didn't lose to the Cardinals and the Mets kind of lucked out not having to face the Braves but uh 
yeah, it's a very spontaneous thing. Hopefully we see it again in our lifetime. Who knows? But uh, Miguel, I can't thank you enough for joining my podcast today. Let everyone know what you're working on now uh, uh, since you're a very busy man and uh, how they can stay in touch with you. Well, I'm mostly um, working on Baseball Heat podcast with Mike and also the Respect and Pray show. Those are the two things that I'm mostly focusing on right now. So you can find it on social media. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. But um, you can go to Instagram at Miguel underscore Passion for Sports. Awesome. Miguel, once again, thank you so much. And uh, I really hope to have you again on the Subway to Shea podcast real soon. For sure, man. This has been fun. Anthony, thank you so much. Blessings to you. I praise everything that you're doing. And let's just keep doing what we're doing, man. Same to you, my friend. You take care and have a good one. Likewise. All right. That was Miguel Mike Medina, host of the Respect and Praise Show and the Baseball Heat Podcast. No longer a contributor at Jay's Journal, but he's got a lot of stuff going on. So make sure you check out his stuff. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Subway to Shea. Listen, subscribe to the Subway to Shea podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Those are the two best places if you want to listen. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. And you can rate the show. Leave some comments for me to review. Let me know what you think. I want to know if you like it. I want to know if you don't like it. And it helps me to make this show better each and every week. Subway to Shay is also on YouTube. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can get all the notifications and updates for my channel. You can also leave comments and a huge thumbs up if you enjoy or thumbs down if you didn't enjoy. But I'm hoping for more thumbs up than thumbs down, if you know what I mean. Don't don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple at Rising Apple Blog, uh, New York Mets site on the fan sided network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com. Like I said, follow on Twitter at Rising Apple Blog and the fan sided network at fan sided. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. For Anthony Rivera, this is the Subway to Shape podcast. And always remember, let's go Mets.